That is the woman I want to be. I want to be someone who opens the doors for others. I want to be someone who can show people that no matter what you've been through, you can do whatever you believe in because I've, I've done it. Hey, Mama, what do you think of when you hear the word success, fame, status, and fortune? What about rocking your baby to sleep or coaching Little League, advocating for your special needs child, or mastering meal planning, maybe going back to school or starting your own business? The truth is success looks different for us all, and it may change depending on the season of life you're in. After finding myself in a dark place, I decided to set an example for my two boys by intentionally choosing what I wanted for my life and seeking it, even if it was scary. And now I'm so excited to bring you stories of other moms who are living out their version of success. I plan to ask these incredible women not only about their journeys, but how they are making it through the madness and the magic that we all know as motherhood. So, whether your assistant just brought you a hot espresso or you're rocking your baby on a third cup of reheated coffee, settle in and get ready for some goodness. I'm Shannon Carruthers, and this is the Successful Mama Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of the Successful Mama Podcast. I am your host, Shannon Carruthers, and I'm really thankful that you're here. This is going to be a fun episode. I feel like I say that every week, but I really do mean it. Like, we have such good guests here, and the stories are so good, and I know you're going to love this week's guest as well. Before we get into that, I do want to just ask one small favor, and I know you hear it all the time, but like, could you do me a favor and go leave a review? Just scroll down a little bit past, you know, the top of the episode, you'll see where you can click five stars. I hope you love it. Five stars worth. Um, If you don't, you don't have to leave a review. It's okay. (laughs) But um, go and leave us a review. If you've got some comments, that is how the show gets shared. That is how more people get to see this and hear these stories. And I feel like from the comments that you guys have shared with me, the people that have reached out, I know that these stories are meaningful, they are powerful, and they are doing big things. So if you could do that, it would be really helpful. So let's get started. I want you guys to meet Miss Demetria Horton. Thank you so much for coming, Demetria. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited and honored to be a guest. I'm honored to have you. It's going to be so good. And I know our listeners are going to love it too. So if you want to start, just go ahead and tell us a little about you. Yes. So I, again, Demetria, (laughs) Um, Alabama raised, was born in Michigan, but I've been here since I was about six months old. So I'm a Southern belle through and through. Um, I grew up in a small town, Sheffield, Alabama, graduated with a class of 72 people. Oh, yes. Very small. Um, Went to UNA, loved it there and found my way to Huntsville where I have thrived. I love it here in Huntsville. I am one of those transplants that they always talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're taking over. So transplants for the I, win, Huntsville. <laughs> I have more transplants for sure that come like either have been on the podcast or like moms that I talk to all the time. I feel like it used to be more people that I would talk to be like, oh, yeah, I've been here my whole life. But now it's most of the time people are like, oh, yeah, I'm not from here. So, well, I'm yeah. glad you're here. Yes, me too. And I get to do fun things like this. Yeah, exactly. So let's start with your story. Um, we're going to go back to, to childhood on this one and just talk a little bit about that. So tell me about growing up. Yes. Yeah, so I had a very hmm, hard childhood, I would say, not in terms of what I personally dealt with, like mentally, I wasn't aware that it was hard until I was older. Um, but I just had two parents who kind of just decided to do their best and their best was not always 
the best. Right. So a lot of hardship, a lot of lights being cut off, a lot of evictions. Um, in high school, neither one of my parents had a car. Um, so just a lot of struggle. I, at a very early age, was responsible for my younger siblings. So I feel like I was born a mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I have a sister who's four years younger than me and a brother who's eight years younger than me. And so we kind of just depended on each other. A lot of just us taking care of each other. By the age of 16, I was already out of the house. Okay. Um, so I was living on my own, taking care of myself. Um, literally because I asked my mom, does she have a budget? And that was what caused you to have yes. to be out. And she was like, you're not, you're, if you think you're so grown, then you should just go figure it out for yourself. Wow. Yes. That situation led me to being pregnant with my daughter. Okay. Um, I got pregnant at 17. I had her at 18. Uh, so I had her in January and I graduated from high school in May. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I get it. Um, prior to that, so this is why I say it was hard for me, like the way I live, but in my mindset, I, I wasn't aware. In the third grade, I decided I was going to be a lawyer. Okay. I worked very, very hard for that dream. I did summer camps. I had, you know, the high GPA in all the clubs. When I graduated high school, I had over $250,000 worth of scholarships. I got into Cornell University. I got into Auburn, oh, Alabama. Girl. Any school I, I applied to, I got into. But I had a baby. Mm -hmm. So even though I had been working from the third grade to be a lawyer, I kind of had to take a different path. And often people ask me, was my daughter my motivation to be successful, successful as I am? And no. I wanted to be successful before her. Um, and in a lot of sense, for a time, I thought she was the obstacle. Like, I, I had this great plan. And then here she came. Right. Clearly not planned. <laughs> Very unexpected. Um, and not with a lot of guidance. So when I got pregnant, my parents were kind of like, oh, you're really grown now. You're super, super on your own. And that was it. So... At 18, I was pretty much a full-fledged adult in, in my family's eyes, and everything was on me. Wow. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this out of curiosity. You said that people ask you about your daughter and if that was your motivation. Do you feel like your childhood and the way you grew up was your motivation? Because you said, I mean, at third grade, that's really young mm -hmm. to have that, you know, that concept of I'm going to do this big thing. Yes. So what do you think? Where do you think that comes from? Is that just ingrained in you or just who you are? Or do you feel like any of your circumstances affected that? Honestly, the older I've gotten, I've realized that a part of me was just born with it. Um, when you have that internal motivation, it's kind of something you can't ever get externally for me to be in third grade and decide this. To me, it was so normal, but I've gotten older and I'm like, hmm. No, I don't yeah. It's not normal, <laughs> it's not normal. At all. <laughs> <laughs> And then to be so dedicated, like to even set forth a plan and to do extracurriculars. So I'm like, no. So I think a part of me was born with it, but also a lot of it was just seeing what I did not want out of life. Mm -hmm. I did not want to be like my parents. So a, a lot of decisions I made as a child were 
because I had role models who were like the opposite. So I knew exactly what not to do, but not what to do. Right. So it was just a lot of me saying, I don't I don't want to be in this situation. I don't want to ever come home and my lights are off. I don't want to not know where to live. I don't want to not have, you know, paper towels or toilet tissue or shampoo. And so what can I do to get away from that life? And uh, as a young black girl and I grew up in the projects, you know, I didn't have a lot of information for career so to me lawyer was the one because everyone's like you're you're so sassy and you're so argumentative you'd make a great lawyer <laughs> so i was like okay yeah <laughs> i can do that all right done that fits yeah. me so do you feel like with you said having those as your role models mm-hmm. that was the opposite of what you wanted to be do you feel like you had any role models in your life that were in a positive light that were pushing some of those good things on you Yes and no. So I had a lot of people pushing me to do good and highlighting all of the good things. So, again, I was a very high achieving student, gifted program, honors programs, 4.0 GPA. So I had like a lot of family members who supported that. But I don't feel it was authentic. Okay. Um, So when I got pregnant, it was kind of like, well, all of this is going down the drain. You're never going to be anything. So... When that happened, it kind of showed me that you couldn't have truly believed in me to begin with, to give up on me so easily. Um, So honestly, I had no one that I looked up to. I had no aunt, no mom, no anyone who I was like, I want to be like this person when I get older. All I had was I don't want to be like this person. Right. Um, So I pulled a lot from TV, movies. And so I had unofficial mentors. I had unofficial people. But. You get to a point and you realize those are not real things, those movies and those shows. So I had mentors who were not showing me real life. Mm -hmm. And so I had kind of skewed concepts of how to get to where I really wanted to be. Yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. Do you feel like with with them saying, "Okay, you're on your own. Go do that. You're not going to amount to anything. That's Mm -hmm. what you said a second ago. What did that do to you mentally? Was that more push or or do you feel like it affected you mm-hmm. in a negative way? That was like adding rocket fuel to the jet. It motivated me so much to just show them that I will. Like this is not this at the time considered mistake does not define me. Yeah. Now I know it was not a mistake. My daughter has added so much value to my life. Um, and I don't think I'd be where I was if I hadn't gone down the path that she forced me to go down. Right. <laughs> um, so when they told me that, I mean, cause I heard it all around, like my mom, my dad, my grandparents, aunts, kind of like everyone, my guidance counselor. Um, I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I have the most degrees out of anyone in that class of 72. Go girl. Okay. So I proved them all wrong. <laughs> Well, let's go. Let's go into that. Let's talk about degrees. What? So you you're planning to be a lawyer? Yes. Tell you get into all these schools. Baby girl comes along. What yes. happens next? So I go to UNA. I hate it. Roar Lions. Yes. I, but the first year I was there, I hated it. I was like, why am I at this school? I should be at an Ivy League school. I don't understand. I work. So I was just so ungrateful. Yeah. And um, transferred out and went to UA for a year. Okay hated it oh my gosh no offense okay roll tide but mm, 
<laughs> not your place. <laughs> not my school. I was an academic. I was not a partier. Um, and so the classes are so big. The The instruction is a little different. So I stayed there for about a year and I came back to UNA. I, I was like, I, it's not worth it. I want to be back. I want to get something from my experience. And when I came back, I just dove head into the school. Um, that was so freshman year, sophomore year came back, left junior year, came back, met with my advisor going into my senior year. And he's like, oh, so how are you going to be a lawyer if you haven't shadowed a lawyer or worked or did any interns? Because, again, I was doing this all on my own. No one was telling me anything right. i just thought oh you go to school you get the degree <laughs> then you're you a job. <laughs> you take the test and, and you get the job yeah. he was like um no it, it doesn't work like that you're gonna graduate in a year and you're not gonna be able to make money with this degree unless you want to be a teacher and i did not want to be a teacher yeah and i had a little girl and there was no way i could graduate in a year and not make money so the type of lawyer I always wanted to be, I didn't want to be a trial lawyer. I wanted to be a corporate lawyer. So I wanted to do contracts, mergers, acquisitions, all of the boring things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I switched over to the School of Business because I'm like, you know, I can graduate with any degree and go to law school. At least in the School of Business, I can get a job. And I absolutely loved everything about business. I am. I just loved it. It was my passion. It was everything that I thought it was more than what I could imagine. Um, so I majored in entrepreneurship because I just wanted a broad range of business. I wanted to understand all aspects of it. And it added an extra year to my graduation. But it was the perfect thing for me. So through UNA, going back, I was able to travel, study abroad in Denmark. I was able to go to Haiti. I was able to go to Peoria, Illinois. Um, I taught in the Bronx in New York. Dang I went girl. to Ferguson after the Mike Brown incident. So I've been able to do some incredible, incredible things from that school and through my experiences. So that's amazing. Yes. So, so talk to me about your daughter mm -hmm. and what that was like going to school during that time. Um, are you working? Are you doing? Yes. How are you navigating this with no support, with just you? Yes. So luckily, I reconnected with my godmother. She lended some help to me to watch Kylie. Um, Kylie's my daughter, everyone. <laughs> She's 13 years old. She's she so cute. Sassy. <laughs> she is her mom 10 times over. And you reap what you sow. <laughs> but she is smart and she is beautiful. And I, she's just an amazing girl. But so she they they helped me a lot. My godparents. So not so much my mother. Um so Kylie's dad is not my husband. Mm -hmm. Clearly, I had her in high school, and her dad was. We would need a whole other podcast. Okay, we we don't have to go there. He has just just putting it out there, just so you guys have reference. Seven kids with seven women. Okay, and Kylie's actually number two. Yeah, uh, she has a sister three months older than her that I didn't know about until six months after Kylie was born. And again, I had her in high school, mm -hmm. so. I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot. So clearly not a lot of support right. and just a lot of chaos. Um, so I did have my godmom and she watched, but I went to school in a day and I would pick her up. So I would go to school from like eight to one. So she'd go to daycare or she'd go to preschool or, and then I would work nights. So I'd be with her 
until about she go to bed at nine. I would go to work at 10. I get off in the morning. I come home and do it all over again. So when when was sleep in this? <laughs> not not much. Yeah, like a few hours in the morning, a few hours in the evening. Just whenever you can get it in. Uh-huh. And so I had like a four days on, three days off. Okay. So it was a little, so I had some time, but not a lot of sleep during those times. Um, and I would just do anything else on the side to make money. So I would write papers for people. I would just help with schoolwork, anything. I used to do taxes. So I'm like certified to do taxes. <laughs> I would do taxes during tax season. Um, anything that I could do. So very fortunate to get a lot of scholarships to go for, to school. So I didn't have a lot of, um, I didn't have any school expenses and the school actually paid me to go. That's great. Not even not counting the loans. So every semester I would pay six months of rent and then that would get me to the next semester. So I knew we always had a place to stay. So the money I made would just go towards like lights and food so good. Yes. Uh, government assistance. I'm not going to lie. Food stamps. All of those things save the day. Yeah. Um, until we didn't qualify anymore. Right. Um, which is a good thing. But I was like, oh, wow. Groceries are it's expensive. expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Groceries are very expensive. Yes. Um, so I kind of just pieced it together and made it work. Wow. Yeah. A lot of... Sh- I'm happy my daughter was young because she doesn't realize it. And I worked very hard to create stability in her life. So even when I was unstable, I kept her with a routine. That was just one of my big goals because I had such an unstable childhood. I wanted her to have stability. So no matter where she was at, I just set up such like a, a stable routine for her. That's great. So she didn't always realize the chaos I was going through. Mm-hmm. It's kind of our role as parents, isn't it? To like yes. shield them from the chaos. Yes. And now she's older and she thinks everything's so easy. I'm like, you, I should have let you see. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, that's literally what I was fixing to say is like the fact that we shield them from that. Like, it's amazing that we're able to do that and in a position that we're able to do that. And one of the things I noticed when you were talking about your parents was that you said they did the best they could. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't good enough. But like they did what they could with what they had. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way most people, you know, for the most part, people are doing the best they can with what they have. Um, But the the fact that kids are so resilient and that they're they're not going to know like a lot of it. They don't even realize, like you said, as a kid, you didn't realize it until you were older. You just thought that was normal. Like that's real just life. And so. Uh, but I catch myself with my kids too doing the same thing. Like, you have no idea how hard it is. You know, not, I didn't yes. have a very difficult childhood. I was, I feel very blessed to have the childhood that I did. But like, reminding, and, and I think I recognize it now too. Like, mm-hmm. I see, I've read stories and I've met people and I've had those conversations of how difficult things can be for mm-hmm. kids and recognizing that and how blessed I was. Like, I want my kids to know that. I want my kids to be aware of the fact that this is not how everybody gets to live. And so anyway, so let's talk a little more. Um, you're, you're finishing school. Mm-hmm. You get your degree in, in entrepreneurship. Yes. What happens next? My husband proposes to me on my graduation day. Ooh. So I graduate and I'm engaged. Um, and then we moved to Madison. Wow. Yes. Why Madison? That's where my husband's from. Okay. I did not want to come here. Okay. 
I just knew I would graduate, get my degree and go off into this big, big world. I honestly want to not live in the United States. I mm-hmm. love to live abroad. And I just knew that was what's going to happen. And nope, I ended up in Madison. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I- I was uh, y'all couldn't see this, but I'm like, like slapping at Demetria because I'm like, this is my story. Like you're telling my story because so just so you guys know, I think I've told a little bit of this before on the podcast, but like I had big plans. I applied to all of these big schools in big cities across the U.S. I was not going to stay here. I had no interest. I was going to travel. I was going to do all the things. And then I met a boy and then plans changed and I ended up going to the school that was like closest to home for Mm -hmm. me. And the closest one I had applied to was like four hours away still. And so, yeah, our stories are very similar. And here I am. And now I wouldn't call anywhere else home. Like we love it here. I do. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this was like the best place to be. Um, And we've loved it ever since. So came up here. um, I actually struggled to find a job. Really? Honestly, yeah. I had all these accolades. I had done all these things. And everyone's kind of like, you're overqualified or you're underqualified. Mm-hmm. I was like, um, just give me an opportunity. Right. <laughs> um, and then so I was able to, my husband's dad had a friend who started a staffing agency. And he was looking for somebody to run the branch here. So I was able to take on that position. And I did that. Grew that company to $2 million in two years. Girl. Yes. Um, Left that to go into marketing. In marketing, realized that my true passion was helping business owners understand their business and helping them achieve their goals. Started my own company in 2019, uh, Anovium Strategy and Consulting. Loved it. It thrived um, until I took on this client. It was a nonprofit. Loved everything about their mission. And the founder said, what what would it take to get you to come here full time? <laughs> <laughs> so I stepped back from my business to go work in that in that space, in the nonprofit space for about three years. And I, I got to be the executive director of a foundation that helped under-resourced girls, help girls who were just like me, girls who looked like me and sat in my shoes and been through the things I've been through. But Smart girls who had everything going for them and had everything against them. Yeah. Um, and so that time has come to an end and I'm stepping back into business and help business owners. But that's kind of a short. So in between that time, I also got a certificate from Harvard Business School. Uh, got my diversity, equity and inclusion certificate. Um, I sit as chair on the. Um, desegregation committee for Madison County Schools, a, a lot of things in between. But so you're doing all the things, all the things. still doing that. Yes. And still having clients in your own business yes. as well. And room mom and cheer coach and softball. <laughs> so, again, I'm going to say, when do you sleep now? <laughs> well, now I have a little bit more of a schedule, so I actually get good sleep. Now. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I often feel like looking back. Because my husband was on swing shift and like my kids, you know, I was doing all the things and trying to, but like looking back now, I'm like, how did I, how did I function? Do you yes. feel like that? With yes. Looking back and how does that, do you rec- like recognize now? Do you think you could do it again with? I think I do it differently. <laughs> um, what would, what would you do much, differently? I think I would be more strategic. I wouldn't do all the things. 
I do some things. Uh-huh. Um, but then again, I don't think I would do it differently because all the things help me decide what, where I can be now, where I can do some of the things. Yes. Um, I, one of my biggest things for me was to always put my daughter first. So everything goes around her. So her schedule, her everything. So I don't think I would ever change that. Um, she's just my first priority. Yeah. So, you know, even my business was started so that I could have more time with her. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was kind of just for her, for me too, but to make her life as easy as possible. Right. Um, which I'm I'm regretting now. She's 13 <laughs> and she's like, Mama, 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 can you do this? Mama, can you do that? Mama, please. If you love me, you'll you'll flat iron my hair. <laughs> if you love me. I I say I love you, Kylie, but I'm not flat ironing your hair. <laughs> <laughs> um oh. and she I'm like, you don't understand how easy you have. She's like, it's not my fault that you gave me this life. It's not my fault your parents did that to you. I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah. (laughs) These are true statements, but maybe don't say them out loud. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But she's 13, you know, she's going to, she's going to say all of it out loud. Yes, she is definitely, she's been 13 since she was seven. So, Mm -hmm. so what do you feel like with her watching you? Mm -hmm. um, Are you, let me ask you this first, when you work and when you, you know, do all the things, does she see you do those or are you trying to do those mostly in the time when she's not with you? Or is that kind of? A, no, a- I'm very intentional about bringing her along as much as possible. So she's been along all of the journeys, all of the jobs, all of the offices. Um, I have just wanted her to experience life. I don't shield anything from her. So we talk about how do we budget and pay bills? We talk about what my jobs are and what do I do? I let her experience and talk to people at my job so that she can see what she may want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really want to build up that empowerment and confidence in her that she deserves to sit in offices and behind the desk because when I was her age, I did not believe that I deserved that. I didn't think that I would ever be sitting here in this chair across from you today. Again, I worked hard and I had those ambitions, but in the back of my mind, I was always just the poor girl um, with the messed up parents yeah, and then the daughter. <laughs> and so I've always just been very intentional about empowering her to know that she belongs in those spaces. Um, and so I have brought her along to everything. She hates it. She thinks it's so boring. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she would continue to be, and I would continue to put her in those situations. So she'll just get over it. She'll I thank think, me one day. <laughs> yes, she will. I think that's amazing. And mm-hmm. like, I think it's so important that they they see us. And I have to remind myself of that mm-hmm. sometimes, like when I'm when I'm working. And, you know, a lot of the times I try to do it when they're elsewhere because yes. I want to spend intentional time with them, but also being intentional about them seeing me doing the work and yes. them being involved and them understanding this is what I do and this is why I do it. So I love that you said, like, you're covering budgeting with her and you're mm-hmm. covering all of those things and getting her to talk to people. And just becoming familiar with that environment and the difference that that's going to make in her life versus, you know, not having that. So one of the things you said just a second ago was that you you feel like you're maybe you didn't say it like this, but it's essentially what I got from it was that your mindset has changed a lot Mm -hmm. about how you perceive yourself as being able to be in that space. You know what? Talk a little bit more about that and how how your mindset has changed. Ooh. <laughs> we need a whole podcast for this yes. too. Well, 
I would like to just give a shout out to my husband because he was the person who opened that door for me to, to start that change. Pre my husband, I just felt very unworthy. I was doing all of the things. Everyone who saw me just thought I was this super shining star and I had like all of the world in front of me, but I didn't see that in myself. All I saw was the obstacles and what would keep me from there. When I met my husband, he kind of brought me out of this, this world of, so, okay, just let's reference this. Again, horrible parents. I met my husband at 21. I didn't have a bank account. All my money was in a shoebox. I didn't trust a lot of authority figures because right. my parents didn't trust authority figures. I didn't understand how the real world worked because my parents lived in a subculture world of just like payday loans and just not filing your taxes and all of the horrible things you shouldn't do. Um, and so when I met my husband, he was like, no, you kind of can't do that. And I was like, what? Really? <laughs> he was like, no, um, it's not really going to be helpful for you. <laughs> and I was like, you don't say. <laughs> so his introduction to kind of being someone who could recognize where I had been, but where I wanted to go mm -hmm. and guided me through that process and like understanding and loving me for who I was on both sides of that gave me the confidence to love myself and to really come out of that. I mean, it took like a year and I was like, wow, wait, I do deserve this. And now I have a bank account and now I have a good credit score and I have all of these things. And sometimes, I mean, the things aren't everything, but the things also help validate. So when you don't have those things and you're just questioning yourself, there's no validation. But when you do and you get down, you kind of have something to lean back on. Kind of like when you have that degree, even if you're not using it, you're like, well, at least I have it. Yeah. So having all of the things, the bank account and the credit score and the savings account and the plan helped me to become more sure of myself. So that was the first switch. And I just never looked back. Once I decided that I am worthy, I just kept building on that mm -hmm. and just kept seeking out relationships that made me feel that way. Opportunities that made me feel that way. Uh, people. So now I can sit here and just be so much more confident and sure of myself. But it was a long, long journey, I would say. I'm still on that journey. Right. Um, but definitely up until I would say like 28. I'm only 32. So yeah. that was not that long ago. I was still kind of on that like weariness mm -hmm. of like, what is my place? And, and do I have authority? And can I speak to these things? And do I deserve to be here? Um but now I know I deserve to be here. Yes, you do. Absolutely. <laughs> and I I get that energy from you for sure. Yes. And I've, you know, I got to meet Demetria. It went, it's been, it's been a while. Oh, yeah. yeah, a while. Like almost maybe a year. year. Yeah. yeah, about a year. So, um, but I feel like I've gotten that energy from you too, <laughs> that confidence and like, I've got this, I can handle this. And, yes. you know, I think that's phenomenal now knowing your story because I had no idea before, yes. you know, and, and I think that's important too for us to remember that, we don't know what other people are dealing with. We don't know what other people have been through or what it's taken them to get to where they are. And just like treating people with kindness, no matter what the occasion. So yes. um, I've been, um, I call it the pretty curse because people see me and not that I think I'm very pretty, but it's just been told so many times and they think everything's so easy for me. 
They're like, she's confident. She has this pretty smile. She's pretty. She dresses nice. It must have been so easy for her. And it's happened all my life. Even when I would go home and we wouldn't have a place to live, I'd go to school and they'd be like, you're so bougie. I'm like, I, I'm literally homeless. Yeah. Um, so that's why I call it the pretty curse, because I've always had to deal with this like double standard of how I look versus the reality of my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the biggest mind shifts sets for me that I had to kind of put them together. Yeah. And um, be able to speak to that. So I always tell people, I'm, I don't, I know I look like this, but this is like not who I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's so much under there and like getting to know someone yes. and getting to, you know, peel back that stuff is, which I think is really, I, I loved hearing about how your husband did mm-hmm. that for you. And just, I was curious when you were talking about that was being that you had been on your own mm-hmm. and you had been having to do everything by yourself. How was that transition to letting him into your space? Was that difficult for you or was it easy to like lean on someone? Mm, I think a little of both. So for a long time, we dated for three years um, and we, I kind of kept them a little separate. Um, So he, he knew Kylie. He like the first year we dated, he didn't really see Kylie a lot because Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that was going to be. And so, you know, as we progressed, I let him in more and more. But it was a slow process to let him in. Even now, he's like, you know, you can ask me for help, right? And I'm like, no, I, because I'm just so used to being the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the person everyone came to to help. So all my brothers, and sis- you know, my brothers and sisters, everyone. So it's been a journey. I'm getting more and more used to having him there and allowing him into that space but my husband's just so great he wants to be the caregiver too so he makes it work awesome but it i'm still letting him yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah well so let's let's talk a little bit more about your business and about you know what that looks like and why don't you just go ahead and tell our listeners more about what you do and you know how they can find your business if they're wanting to get services from you that sort of thing so Anovium Strategy and Consulting started out of the belief that just business owners should know their business in and out. And all business can be successful if you know, if you have a plan, you have strategy. My business is really here to teach. You shouldn't need me for long. I should be able to work you out of needing me because I want to teach you the things to do. I don't want to put you under a plan. So I had worked for a couple marketing firms and I just didn't like what they were doing. So people would come in and they would ask for services but to make money, right? Oh, I need social media because we're behind on sales. Okay, what does your product cost? How much does it cost you to make it? How much are you paying? Like, There's a lot of things that go into making money than just posting on social media. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where I stepped back and said, okay, I want to be, I'm very big on data. I'm a data person. I'm logic through and through. I'm like non-emotional at all. I know people don't believe that, but if you know me and you're close to me, they're like, everyone's going to be like, "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just wanted to bring that. I have a unique ability to take the data and be able to relate it. So I was like, I need to give this to the people. So I started my business. Um, My business has followed a little bit of a different model than most businesses because you can't just book me. Okay. I'm kind of exclusive. (laughs) Um, so you kind of have to, it's like, if you know, you know, and if you don't, you, you know, be in the in crowd. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, but what I learned early on is that businesses really want really top quality work and they don't want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So I would go to corporations and be their entire marketing and strategy department for $30,000 a year. You do that for three corporations, that's $90,000 a year. And then I could take on some smaller clients and help them too. Gotcha. So that was my business model. My business does not have social media. It had a website, but I took it out when I stepped into the ED position because I really wanted to show my clients that it's what you do behind the scenes that makes the difference. Mm-hmm. It's I know we're in the social media age. I know I'm a millennial, but it's it's not the selling factor. So I set my business up different. I set it up on the basis of customer service and results. And so that's how you find me, because that's the proof in the pudding. I love that. Um, so that's kind of a novium. Uh, if you want to work with me, you just have to reach out to me, LinkedIn, Facebook, and then we'll sit down and meet and then I'll let you know if it's a good fit. Okay. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. And I can um I can link your LinkedIn and your Facebook yes. on um successfulmamapodcast.com in the show notes there. So um Perfect. I did want to talk to you just a touch more on your thoughts on you know, serving others and lifting other people up, because I know that that is something near and dear to your heart. Um, and, and what does that mean to you? What is that? How, how does your story yes. um, fit that in your life now? Yes. So back to my husband, once he opened the door for me, I decided I that is the person I want to be. That is the woman I want to be. I want to be someone who opens the doors for others. I want to be someone who can show people that no matter what you've been through, you can do whatever you believe in because I've, I've done it. I, I traveled the world. I've got my degrees. I have the husband. I have the house and the cars and all of the things. And I have this the story. I Like literally everything that could have happened from like literally molestation, homelessness, domestic, but all of the things happened to me. All of the things um, to the point at one point when I was in Alabama, I literally was living out of a blue tote. Like all of my things were there. I didn't have any house. Like I was living with a girl who I don't even remember her name. So all of the things on both sides. And I just decided that that is the person I want to be. So when I my company was doing well and I had some f- free time, mm-hmm. as us moms like to say, I don't know where we find this free time, <laughs> but when we make it, um, I knew I wanted to give back. And I knew high school girls was my calling because that's where I needed the most help. And I knew that I could really relate to that. So I think when you think about giving back, really think about your story and who you are and what you want to achieve and then pour your passion into that because it could be dogs. It could be, you know, civil rights, human rights. It could be gay rights. It could be whatever. I just knew high school girls were me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just decided to be the person I wanted. The the woman, the mom, the mentor that I needed when I was that age, that is the person who I move in and act in every day. So I love working with the girls. I absolutely enjoy it. They are my passion, my soul. I love being able to be real with them, telling them real stories, telling them what's really going on and really giving them the opportunity to be themselves and know that their selves is perfect. Yeah. 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 I love that. Really, um, uh, I've I have such a heart for for others who are struggling or who don't mm-hmm. necessarily have the things or or maybe have 
you know, differences in abilities or different like moms that are going through all of those things with their kids or like, I don't know, it just remembering in those hard times or those challenging circumstances or those, you know, whatever, that there are people that care and there are people that want you to succeed. Yes. It it just, I don't know. I love it. I love your story. I love all that you have shared with us. Um, what What is success to you, Demetria? Like when you're thinking back on life and moving forward, what does that mean to you? Success to me is just truly being happy. Whatever that is. Success to me used to be having a six-figure bank account mm-hmm. and the house and the car. And in the last year, I turned 30. In the last year, I have realized that that is not success to me. It is not. It is having time with my family. It is having time to read a book. It is just enjoying the time we have here. So in the last year, I told you we could go into this all day. The last year, both my parents have died. My mom and my dad at two separate times. Uh, My mom died of cancer and my dad, um, COPD. So we knew about my mom, but my dad was kind of unexpected. So those also, my favorite aunt, my grandma, my granddaddy, and my goddaddy, all in the last year. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So that. (laughs) That's that's a year. Yes. That has just redefined success to me. Yeah. And like I said, success to me is the legacy I leave behind. What does my daughter think about me? What does what does people think about me? What impact did I make on their lives? If I can make them smile or make someone else happy, then that has become what success is to me. So good, yeah, so good. I and still I want the money though. The money is good. I mean, look, money doesn't hurt. <laughs> you can have both. You set your mind to it. You can yes. have both. <laughs> I love it. Well, I have a couple more quick questions for you before we hop off. Um, first of all, what's your coffee order? Um, like flavored coffee black. Okay. Yeah. What what flavor? Like the special. Maybe. I don't usually have a like a preferred. Just whatever they yeah. got. Okay, cool. Um, on a scale of one to ten, how clean does your house stay on average? Ten. I'm OCD. Can you come over? It, if you walk into my house right now, oh. it is like like the pillows are perfectly aligned. Like if someone sits on the couch and they get up, I'll move it. My family calls me a fairy because I'll go behind them and like clean up all their stuff. So I'm a little OCD. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, we'll go to my house when we get done. You can, I love to organize. You can I come will. hang out. Okay. I thought about starting a business because I literally love to clean and organize. I'll come home after a long day and I'll like clean. That's your, that's your like. Yes, that's my thing. Your like, time, I'm yeah. scrubbing my tub. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. See, I avoid it. I'm like, I don't feel like doing that. Uh-uh. Nope. Um, number three on, or what is a book or a show that you've recently loved? Mm, so I love Ted Decker. He's an author. Okay. He's my favorite author. And I am going through all of his books again. But um, one of the books I recently read was A History of Wild Places. It's not by Ted Decker. I don't know the author, but it is an amazing book. So you guys should go find it. It's called A History of Wild Places. Mm, that sounds it interesting. It's so, so, so good. Love it. I read it in two days. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> that sounds good. Okay. What is the most random item in your purse? Probably eyelash glue. <laughs> I wear a lot of fake eyelashes (laughs) and you never know when you need to reapply them. You never know. You got to have it. So, yeah. Um, So fun fact, I have worn fake eyelashes one time 
in my life. Oh, wow. Um, and I had the hardest time with the eyelash glue. <laughs> but I was very, like, I was very impressed by people who wear them regularly because I was like, this is hard. <laughs> yes. Normally I have them on, but not today because it's casual, right? Yeah, it's casual. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah. Awesome. Well, Demetria, thank you so much for, for just sharing with us, you know, being vulnerable and willing to talk about, you know, some of the stuff that a lot of the times people aren't because, mm-hmm. um, you know, being vulnerable, I feel like it's hard, but it creates that connection yes. that we all need. And so thank you for just for doing that with us. No problem. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have a wonderful rest of your week and we will see you next time on the Successful Mama podcast. Yay. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Successful Mama podcast. For more information, head on over to SuccessfulMamaPodcast.com where you can find show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode. Tap that share button and remember to tag at Successful Mama Podcast. And make sure to go leave a review. It really does help. A special thanks to Will Carruthers. Until next time, remember, Mama, success looks more than one way, and it's up to you to define it.